0: Welcome to the Solomon Success Show, where we explore the timeless wisdom of King Solomon and the Bible as it relates to business and infesting. False prophets and get-rich-quick schemes are everywhere. Let's not be distracted by these. Instead, let's go to the source, the eternal principles that create a life of peace, power, and prosperity. Here's our host, Jason Hartman. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Solomon Success Show, Biblical Principles for Business and Investing. Today, we have one of our clients as a guest host, and that is Rabbi Evan Moffick. So I hope you enjoy the interview.
1: Welcome to the Solomon Success Show. I'm Rabbi Evan Moffick. I'm a friend and client of Jason, and he was kind enough to extend the opportunity to co-host this show. I'm an author and a rabbi and believe passionately in the message of the Bible for people of all faiths. It is the best guide that we have not only to a life of success but of meaning and happiness and it is our most ancient source of wisdom and if there's any area of life where we need wisdom it's in the quest for wealth and happiness. We don't need any more get-rich-quick schemes or three steps to perfection in the perfect portfolio. We need true time-tested principles. We need wisdom. We need insight. We need guidance from real experience. And the Jewish tradition, now this, I'm speaking as a rabbi, but I'm speaking about universal principles. These principles have worked for 4,000 years. They've been time-tested. They have great insight for who we are today in a way i like to think of it this as ancient wisdom for modern problems and modern goals and modern dreams that we're taking the best of the past and helping it lead us into the future and so this week's topic is the power of numbers i don't know if that sounds too sexy and maybe that turns off any non-engineers but bear with me for a little bit in real estate we are supposed to know our numbers now, why is that? And there's so many numbers we need to know. There's the profit. There's the price. There's the appreciation percentage, cash on cash. Just, just look at Jason's video on, on reading a pro forma. There's so much there. But numbers are our way of keeping score. How are we doing in terms of profit? Numbers also reveal the truth. They give us a kind of unfiltered way of seeing how we're doing in terms of our investment in real estate. And Jason has interviewed, he probably, maybe you've heard it, he's interviewed Frank Gallinelli on The Creating Wealth Show, who wrote this amazing book about all these numbers you need to know. But knowing our numbers helps us become better investors. They keep us grounded. They give us ways of measuring. They give us ways of improving. And, And this is not just true in real estate. This is true in life. I mean, think of Grades we get a certain percentage and we say, okay, we want to get a higher score. If you're a student, you get an SAT, you get this score, you want to raise it to that score. If you're in business, there's this great, you get surveys all the time. Give us between one and 10, what was our ranking between one and 10? How likely are you to recommend us to another person? That's the famous net promoter score, which is used in business a lot today. So numbers are everywhere, everywhere. So we need to be aware of them. But numbers, in terms of real estate, numbers are not just about performance. Numbers also are about luck and superstition. For example, if you go to many apartment buildings or hospitals, there's no 13th floor, even though the 14th floor is really the 13th floor, but it won't be called the 13th floor because 13 is seen as unlucky. In China, the number eight is very lucky. Because the Chinese word for prosperity is, I think, also the word for eight. I believe that's one of the reasons why. In fact, I just read an article about a Chinese developer who bought a office building in the business district of Sydney, Australia, and he paid $88,888,888. Clearly, he believes the number eight is lucky. Now those of us who aren't engineers or computer scientists, and I know there's a lot of engineers who listen to this show, but those of us who aren't engineers, we may feel allergic to numbers. And for those of us who are people of faith, and I know there are lots of you who listen to this show, we may feel that the the world of numbers and the world of spirituality and faith are kind of at odds with each other. But that's not true. The Bible, in some ways, is obsessed with numbers. It talks about numbers all the time. Numbers are part and parcel. Of how we interpret and understand the message of the Bible. In Judaism, there's a very interesting thing. I imagine many of you probably have not heard of this. I didn't really hear of it until I went to rabbinical school. It's a way of interpreting the Bible called Gematria. And what it is, is in Hebrew, every letter has a numeric value. So the first letter of the alphabet has, Aleph has the value 1. The second letter, Bet, has the value 2 and so forth. And then once you get to 10, it goes 10, 20, 30, 40. And so there's 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. They all have a certain numeric value. Now, what that means is every word in Hebrew, and so, of course, the Bible, the Old Testament, is written in Hebrew. Every word has a numeric value. You take the letters and you add up the number. You add up the sum of each letter in the word. And what that does is it allows us to draw connections between different words. So we can say one word and say, hey, it adds up to 120. And another word that adds up to 120. So they must have some kind of similarity. And there's dozens of examples of this in the Bible. One interesting example is the word for ladder. When Jacob has his dream of a ladder between heaven and earth, the word is sulam. And it adds up to 130, I believe. And the Hebrew word for mountain, for Sinai, also adds up to 130. And so the rabbinic interpreters draw this analogy that Mount Sinai was the place where God built that ladder between heaven and earth. And when the Israelites were at Mount Sinai, God came down on the ladder. Uh, It's just a beautiful way of sort of helping elucidate and illuminate different biblical texts. Now, be that as it may, the power of numbers in helping us interpret the Bible is important. But the Bible also gives us a real insight it helps us understand why numbers are important in fact there are five hebrew verbs for counting and each of them with those same verbs also have other meanings that include prominence power and prestige that to count gives us power over something you know you may have heard in in business What can be measured can be managed, and what can't be measured can't be managed. And so counting something helps us manage it, gives us power over it. And numbers help us give a sense of ourselves. You probably heard that phrase net worth, that we have a certain number. Now, that's kind of a crass way of understanding our value, but we can give numbers to all kinds of things. We can give numbers to how we're feeling between one and five. How are you feeling between one and 10? How satisfied you are with these experiences. Numbering everything is part of a key to success. It may seem crass sometimes, and certain things can't be numbered, right? There, there are certain experiences that are that are beyond numbers. But in many areas of life, numbers matter. And so when we can grow better in our understanding of the significance of numbers, we will be better interpreters of the Bible, have a better understanding of the Bible, and also better investors, and ultimately, perhaps more effective human beings. So what I want to give you today is just a taste of some of the key numbers of the Bible. And we can ask ourselves a couple of questions. What are the key numbers in the Bible, and why do they matter? Do they have any universal importance outside of the Bible? Can they give us any insight into today? You know, there are certain numbers that you've probably heard. What's that? The golden ratio, which is a certain ratio between how we symmetry in our face. I think it's, uh, I don't remember, but somebody analyzed like Denzel Washington's face has that perfect ratio in investing. There's Fibonacci sequence that certain predicts certain price movements. There are certain numbers that that really work in helping address and, and, and give us insight into certain issues, but Anyways, let's look at some of the numbers of the Bible. The first key number to know is seven. Oh, seven. Seven's a great number. I'm reading a biography right now. This is uh, of perhaps the most important Jewish leader, perhaps one of the most important religious leaders of the 20th century. You may have never heard of him. His name was the Rebbe Menachem Schneerson. And he essentially created a whole new movement in Judaism. If you've ever been to New York City and you see people in black hats and beards on the street, they are very likely followers of the Rebbe Menachem Schneerson. And he followed a line of leaders of a group within Judaism called Chabad. And he was the seventh Rebbe of Chabad and and probably the last. There's really no successor. He was so successful that he built this movement and no one individual can succeed him. Uh, And he was the seventh in that line. But seven, think of seven days of creation, seven days of the week. And uh, seven represents wholeness, completion, fulfillment. It's a beautiful number in that way, and it reappears so many times in the Bible. Of course, we know in the book of Genesis, the creation story happens in seven days. In the Hebrew text of Genesis chapters one through three, the word good, and God saw that it was good, is used seven times. The first verse of the entire Bible contains seven Hebrew words. The second verse contains 14 Hebrew words. And it keeps going until the account of the seventh day of creation contains 35 words, seven times five. The word God appears in the first three chapters of the book of Genesis 35 times, seven times five. The word earth appears 21 times, seven times three. The entire passage, the entire story of creation in the Hebrew Bible contains 469 words, what is 469? Seven times 67. Whew, what a pattern. So if we see that number seven, we know it's revealing something. Now, it's not just in Judaism that seven matters. Seven wonders of the world. You've heard that. Now there's eight wonders of the world, right? But seven, we see seven in so many different places. Jason once did an episode. It's all in the Solomon Success Show way in the back earlier. About The seven streams of income That's the ideal uh, sources of income and, and that's in Ecclesiastes Ecclesiastes talks about these seven uh, sources of income A phone number Not counting the area code But phone numbers are seven digits Perhaps our, we were able to remember seven Eight is too much But seven is sort of the limit of what we can remember. There's something about the number seven, seven seven-year economic cycles. Go back. I talked about this in an earlier episode. Joseph sees seven years of feast, seven years of famine, that these cycles repeat over seven years. Now, what does this mean for us as investors and as people of faith? I'm not quite positive. You know, this this is one of those questions. uh, Perhaps we should strive to get seven streams of income. Perhaps we should uh, purchase seven houses if we're an income property investor, but perhaps we should just be aware of these patterns and be aware of, of where they exist in life and look for those numbers. Look for those patterns so that we can kind of not predict the future, but at least get an understanding of what the future might look like. There's a great quotation about history doesn't always repeat itself, but it usually rhymes. Right, I think George Santayana said something like that. There's a certain pattern, and seven is, is at the heart of that. The second important number that I want us to think about is the number three. Now, of course, you probably know three already. If you're Christian, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, the Trinity. Right, That's a core concept. In Judaism, we have God, Torah, and Israel are kind of the pillars of the Jewish faith, Uh, The Torah is the word of God, comes from God, and the Torah is the constitution of the people of Israel, the Jewish people. There's also the six-pointed star in Judaism, which symbolizes, three points symbolize God, Torah, and Israel. The other three points symbolize creation, revelation, and redemption, which are three key theological concepts. Why is three so important? Well, it's easy to remember. You know, it gives us a, a certain kind of uh, almost like a triangle. It helps us see three key points. In real estate, Jason has talked about the three dimensions of real estate investors or income property investors, to, to put it in the more proper term. There's the price, the buying price, and the future potential. That's one part of our dimension of our investment. The second dimension of our investment is the mortgage Mortgage is an asset. Now, we're, we're not, this is not uh, the Creating Wealth show, which Jason does, and it's just so brilliant. But uh, the mortgage is, is another part of the asset that we have this protection against inflation, a way of reducing our debt. So it's an asset rather than a liability. And the third dimension of real estate investing is the cash flow, the rental income. So these three dimensions of real estate investing. So three appears over and over again. We probably all have different examples of three in our lives, and I think that there's something in human nature about three, that maybe it's easy to remember three points about something. Maybe it gives us a sense of of wholeness and completion, kind of like the number seven, but a, a more simplistic version, but there's something about three, and again, that also appears in the Bible over and over again, the three patriarchs of Judaism, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, I already talked about God, Torah, and Israel. The three major sections of the Hebrew Bible, the Torah, five books of Moses, the prophets, the Niviim, and the writings, the Ketuvim, and that includes Esther, Psalms, the three major sections of the Hebrew Bible. There are three monotheisms in the world today, Judaism, Christianity, Islam, and of course there are different religions that fall under that, but three Three appears in so many different places. Three branches of government. Executive, legislative, judicial. Three. Three is built into many different patterns of the world, and it really starts in the Hebrew Bible. The third number, again, three. third number I want to look at is the number four. Number four, just one more than three. What's the significance of four? Well, part of it is 40. You know, The Israelites' journey in the wilderness for 40 years. Moses goes on top of the mountain for 40 days. There's four matriarchs. There are four cups of wine in a Passover Seder. There are, the Israelites are slaves for 400 years. Four is all over the place. Four also relates to real estate. Remember the famous after the Civil War, there was a promise to freed slaves of 40 acres and a mule. There's something about the number 40. It gives us a sense of, of gravity. There's a gravitas to the number 40. Perhaps it represents a generation, or a big chunk of a lifetime. You know, many rabbis, I I don't know about in other professions, but many rabbis believe a full career is 40 years. Let's say they're ordained as a rabbi at 27, and they retire at 67. Now, I don't believe in the concept of retirement, so that's a conversation for another day, but that is a, a, a significant career, an era. It's more than a generation, but it's a definitive period of time. In some ways, It represents an ushering in of a new era after 40 years. I don't know what people count as generations now. It's more like 20 years. So two generations. And so in some ways, it's almost a new beginning. We can start over at 40. Another uh, reason 40 is so important is there's a fullness in it. 40 is longer than a month. It gives a little bit of an extended time. But it also, it tests us, right? When Moses goes on top of the mountain for 40 days, that's when the people build the golden calf. So if we can get through 40, we've achieved something important. Now I want to go to the last uh, important number. Now there are other important numbers, but this number relates to 40. It doesn't relate so much to seven, although seven times 10 is 70, and 70 was considered the number of years in good life. But that's the number 10, And 10, Jason, of course, has the 10 commandments of real estate investing. We have the 10 commandments of in the Hebrew Bible. But 10, it gives us a sense of completion, of fullness, and it's a good way of organizing our minds. When we think, one of the things that Jason teaches us is to think in ratios. And 10 lends itself to lots and lots of ratios, you know, 10 to 1 odds. You hear Grant Cardone talk about 10x. It's kind of a convenient way of emphasizing exponential power and growth. But 10 also just gives us a way of thinking broadly about numbers. It gives us a good measuring stick. Perhaps you've heard of the 80-20 rule. And of course, 80 is 10 times 8. 20 is 10 times 2. The 80-20 rule is that 80% of our results come from 20% of our efforts, or 80% of our sales comes from 20% of our people. The 80-20 rule applies in so many different areas of life. But 10 is a good kind of measuring stick. It gives us an easy way to think about our numbers. Now, let's step back for a second and think about a full human being. The Bible is not interested, or at least the Hebrew Bible, it's not interested in just the soft areas of life It's not just about what we believe, it's about what we do, and what we do in life is often governed and can be improved by numbers. So knowing our numbers, knowing our numbers in real estate investing, knowing our numbers in how we live our lives, how many hours we spend with our family, how many hours we spend at work, how many hours we spend at recreation, understanding how we use our time gives us a much better sense of how we are living. I once was doing a fundraiser, and um, I decided to take a risk and, and did this, I thought, was a bold, audacious move of saying, what's the most important part, the most important thing in your house? And I went around. I was raising money for, for the synagogue, and people you know, gave all kinds of different answers, and I said, no, 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 none of that's true. The most important thing in this house is your checkbook. And everyone kind of laughed, and they Maybe they thought I was being crass. And I kind of said the reason that's true is how we spend our money reveals what we value. And money is, of course, based on numbers. So what we do with our, our, our resources, our money, and even more importantly, our time, that reveals what we value. And the way we calculate that value, the way we quantify that value and give us a measurement is through numbers. So think about your numbers. God reveals the world through the use of the number seven. God incorporates all kinds of different numbers into the Bible. So in our own lives, in our own investing, in our own relationships, in our work, look at our numbers, know our numbers, and we'll live a happier, more meaningful life. I wish all of you shalom. Talk to you next time.